0: شهيد الله انه لا اله الا هو والملائكة والملائكه واولوا العلم قائما بالقسط لا اله الا هو العزيز الحكيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين ما بعد فإن شاء الله تعالى today, maybe the last lesson uh, maybe we we'll finish it. got uh, eight chapters left. so we'll if we we'll finish it today. And قول الله تعالى يظنون بالله غير الحق ظن الجاهليه يقولون من الأمر من شيء إن الأمر كله لله. this chapter is explaining the prohibition of thinking bad thoughts of Allah. النهي عن السوء. Having bad thoughts of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses this phrase, يَظُنُّونَ بِاللَّهِ غَيْرَ الْحَقِّ Thinking something about Allah that is not the truth. أو oh, يَظُنُّونَ بِاللَّهِ ظنّ السوء, They think about Allah something that is evil. When in reality, that is not the case. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of His actions are all good. And so what, is it? what it means is to think about Allah anything that is not befitting for Allah. السَّوءِ ظن لا يليق بالله جل وعلا any thought that is not befitting for Allah and so that therefore it, sometimes it can be kufr like for example someone thinking that Allah has a son then that's like, that's kufr right or it could be a major sin to think about Allah something that is not befitting for Allah or it could be a major sin like to think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to give victory to the believers and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give victory to the kuffar over the believers all the time that's the bad thoughts of Allah, and that's the, that's what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala mentions in the Quran, as we're going to see in the ayah. So the first evidence that He brings here is the title: يظنون بالله غير الحق ظن They think about Allah the, other than the truth. الجاهليا, the thoughts of Jahiliyah of ignorance. من من and they say, do we, are we gonna, do we have any choice in this affair? Say, all oh, the choice is only to Allah. He's talking about the munafiqun, the hypocrites, in the Battle of Uhud. When they were commanded to go out to fight for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, they had bad thoughts of Allah, and they said, "لو كان لنا من شيء ما قتلناها هنا." If we had any choice, we wouldn't have fought. Oh, we wouldn't have fought over here, right? And so they had bad thoughts of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, thinking that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is not going to give victory to ever to the believers, and He's going to allow the non-Muslims to go and uh, have victory over the, the Muslims permanently. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He criticizes them for that, and this is from the Munafiqoon Again, those Munafiqoon again, they're the ones who had bad thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is that they thought that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to allow the kuffar to defeat the Prophet sallallahu right? alayhi and they thought that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi was not going to come back with his companions to al rather they were going to be killed and they would never come back as the Munafiqoon they said uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al Fatih that they, بل, بل, بل Allah says that you thought that the Prophet was never going to come back ضن, uh, and, the, and the Messenger, they were never going to come back to the Muslims in Medina, the meaning they were going to be defeated. And, ضن and you thought bad thoughts of Allah. That you thought the, 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 the uh, Prophet was going to be defeated against, by the Mushrikun. And you are people who were lost at loss. Meaning the munafiqun. So these thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are, these bad thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the ones that Allah, that Allah is talking about here. And as a benefit, as a benefit here, ظَنْ بِاللَّهِ غَيْرِ, غير الحق, To think about Allah, evil thoughts, generally it comes under... Uh, generally, it is done through the Qadr of Allah Al-Kawni Meaning what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does in his actions As a Muslim, meaning in our, in, uh, as a general Muslims General Muslims We have, and it's, it's present, يعني, uh, it's more common, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say It's more common amongst general Muslims to have bad thoughts of Allah in his actions As opposed to having bad thoughts of Allah in the sharia Meaning, people, something happens to them in their life Generally, this is when they have bad thoughts of Allah. Why me? Why did I have to lose this? Why did I why did I, you know, why did my son pass away? Why did my daughter pass away? Why did my parent have to pass away? Why did these kind of thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And this is present amongst the Muslims. You know that is it's more common and it's a major sin, but it's more common. And what's less common, but even but generally in in our latent times today is becoming more common, is the bad thoughts of Allah when it comes to questioning the sharia of Allah. They say, Why do I have to wear hijab? Why do I have to go and pray five times a day? Why do I have to grow my beard, leave my beard? I'm not allowed to cut it. Why? Why do I have to? Uh, why does Allah Subhanahu wa Taala have this ruling where the inheritance is like this and these kind of things, Questioning the Sharia of Allah. This all comes under under it. And the munafiqun of the past, they wouldn't question the Sharia of Allah. The munafiqun, the hypocrites of the past, they would in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They would very little. They would, but they very little. They would question the Sharia of Allah. As for the munafiqun today. Then they are the ones who question the Sharia of Allah. Why is music haram anyway? It's not even haram. You know these people who they claim to be Muslims, but in reality, what they're trying to do is destroy Islam from the inside. They're trying to destroy Islam from the inside, and this is also this also comes under Allah al-haq to think about Allah subhanahu wa taala anything that is not the truth. But generally, what, what what was more common amongst the Muslims today, or amongst the Muslims all the time, is that they think bad of the Qadr of Allah. When it comes to his actions, universal يعني, he, he, he makes you didn't he doesn't give you a job. And you think, why I've made dua for this job. I was making dua the whole night, how come Allah didn't give it to me? And so they are thinking, oh, there's no point in dua, it doesn't do anything. Or they start to think that Allah does not listen to my dua. Not understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't give you that job because there was some evil in it. And so that's why the believer, whenever something bad happens to him or something that he perceives to be bad, he says, Qaddarallahu <laughs> wa فَعَلُ what Allah decreed, He has decreed, and whatever He does, He does. Whatever, whatever He wants to do, He does. And, every, and this is in everything. Whether it be a job, whether it be in a, in a, in a divorce, for example. Someone goes through for, goes for a divorce saying, Look, I went through the halal route. How come I had to, I went through a divorce? That is the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't mean that the haram route is now good for you. And uh, someone says that, uh, I didn't go to university for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I thought that the, 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 the riba the loan was riba, so I wasn't allowed. And I, didn't, I'm not, I can't find a job now. Right? This is bad thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You left, you left something for the sake of Allah, Allah will give you something better. You weren't able to get married to such and such person. It was, even though you're making dua, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a better plan for you. Someone passed away, you lost your money. Maybe that money was going to be bad for you. Your parents or your children, someone passed away, your family member passed away. It was always better for you. The qadar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always good. So a person's commanded to have good thoughts of Allah. And so Ibn Qayyim, may Allah bless him and he brings a long speech from Ibn Qayyim, may Allah bless describing this bad thoughts of Allah. قال رحمه الله تعالى في الآية الأولى. When Ibn Qayyim is talking about the ayah, they بالله غير ظن think about Allah other than the truth, a, a thought that is from the thoughts of jahiliyyah, of ignorance. Ibn Qayyim said, فسر هذا الظن بأنه سبحانه لا ينصر رسوله. This uh, bad thought, some of the scholars they mention that it is for a person to think that Allah is not going to give victory to his messengers or Rasulah, who is not going to give victory to the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم. وَأَنَّ أَمْرَهُ سيضمحل and that the, the, the religion is going to be lost to think that the religion is going to be lost وَفُسِّرَ أَصَابَهُ لَمْ يَكُمْ بِقَدَرِ اللَّهِ وَحِكْمَتِهِ also some scholars they mention that this bad thought was a thought of a person who went through a calamity and that calamity was not by the qadr of Allah or wisdom behind Allah. There was no wisdom behind it. Why did it happen? And he's wailing, shouting, and screaming. Why did it happen to me? I didn't deserve this. He's saying this kind of these kind of things. inkaril hikmati wa Some people, they they some scholars, they mention that this is also al-hikmah, um, to deny a wisdom. So you don't you, when when something happens to you, you deny the wisdom of Allah in it. And obviously what is Ibn Qayyim تعالى, is mentioning or referring to is the uh, belief of some of the innovative groups. The Mubtadi'ah who believe that the actions of Allah are not done by wisdom. There's no wisdom behind the actions of Allah. So they believe, they say, because they don't believe in the, 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 the attribute of wisdom, of hikmah of Allah. And this is the asha'ira and the Maturidiyah who are present today in, in, in the dunya. They say that Allah, we only, they only affirm seven characteristics of Allah. And one of them is not wisdom. So they say that the Sharia, uh, the reason why you were commanded to pray five times a day, there's no wisdom behind it. It is mujara al-mushqa. is just hardship. Allah wanted to arad and you ibadahu. Allah subhanahu wa taala just wanted to uh, put a burden on His slaves and do. It. And if you do it, then you go to Jannah. in like, there's no wisdom behind it. There's no wisdom behind the actions of Allah. And there's no wisdom behind the uh, Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa taala. And so this is so. This is bad thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa taala because someone, uh, one of us. If you see someone, you say, why did you do it? I just wanted to do it, no reason. I don't have a reason. You, what did you think about this person? He's not right in the head, right? He's a bit, he's a bit lost. So what about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do you think that this is going to be Allah? He's going to do something without a reason? So this is bad thoughts of Allah. That's other than the truth. So some of the scholars, they mention that bad thoughts of Allah is to negate a wisdom behind the actions of Allah. And so therefore a believer understands that everything that happens to him will happen through wisdom. hikmatun baligha An ultimate wisdom that is also always good, whether you see it or not. You will eventually see it, inshallah, in the dunya or in the akhirah, you'll see the wisdom behind the actions of Allah. But even if you don't see it, know that there is wisdom behind it. And this belief of Ahlul Sunnah gives the believer comfort in his heart when calamity befalls him. al qadar, Also denying the qadr, as the other groups of innovators, they deny qadr. The قدريا, they say that there's no qadr, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala doesn't decree anything; it just happens. And that's obviously a group of people who are not really present today, in uh, in the, the in the extreme form, but they are present in some of their lesser forms. Some of the and also To deny and to deny that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is going to complete the message of the Messenger sallallahu wa sallam. meaning the Munafiqun, they thought that the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam is going to die. And, إِذَا رَجَعْنَا إِلَى الْمَدِينَةِ لَعَزُّ منها الْأَذَلِ as Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, the Munafiq, he said that when we go back to al Medina that we're going to take out the Prophet because he's not going to be there anymore. So we're going to be back in our kingdom, as he said. And they, they, that's what they thought. وأن يظهر وأن and they think that this religion is not going to be above all other religions. And this can happen to people when we see calamities befalling our Ummah left, right, and center. And the Prophet ﷺ told us in a hadith that a time will come that the fitna will hit this ummah, to the point that a fitna when it comes a person would look at it and he will say هذه this is where I'm going to be destroyed that's it and then he'll be saved and then another fitna will occur. as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi he says el fitna, el fitna التي تموج كموج البحر as Umar bin al-Khattab رضي الله عندي, described the fitna that's going to be like the waves of the sea how do the waves when you're in the sea how does it go it hits you, you come back up, hits you again, you come back up, hits you again. That's how fitna happens. Something happens in the country, people are killed and then the people are again, we're back at peace. A few minutes later again, it hits again. Fitna like that and that. So when that happens, what happens to some people? They start thinking, where's the, where's the victory of Allah? It's not going to come. Where is Allah going to help us? How's This is bad thoughts of Allah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that these fitna are going to happen like that. But he also told us and he promised us victory. So this is the believer, he knows, no, no, no doubt, there is is coming. Whether it's now or whether it's later. Okay? وَأَن Know that this religion is going to be over all other religions. As the Prophet he told us that this religion, يَلَّيَبْلُغَ the Deen, This religion will, will reach every single house. Every single house, this religion will enter into it, into the, in the world. This religion will enter into it. Think that it's not, as the munafiqun, they thought. is bad thoughts of Allah. وَهَذَا هُوَ ظَنُّ السَّوءِ الذي ظَنَّ الْمُنَافِقُونَ وَالْمُشْرِكُونَ فِي سُورَةَ الْفَتْحِ This is, what the, the, this is the evil thoughts that the munafiquon, the hypocrites, and the mushrikeon, the polytheists, they thought about Allah that was mentioned in Surah Al-Fatih in regards to the Muslim. They thought they were going to be destroyed. وإنما, كاها, وَإِنَّمَا كَانُ هَذَا ظَنَّ السَّوءِ This was only an evil thought of Allah. Why? لِأَنَّهُ ظَنُّ غَيْرِ مَا يَلِيقُ بِهِ Underline that. Because that is to think about Allah What is not befitting for him this, Underline that why Because that's the definition of having bad thoughts of Allah To think anything that is not befitting for Allah And these, these thoughts are not befitting for the wisdom of Allah it's not, it's not from the wisdom of Allah That he's going to allow the messenger to be destroyed That he sent himself Without the message being completed, okay. Even though a messenger can, may, can be can be killed possibly, but in, in the past, the past, a Zakaria, as he was killed, Alihissalam. لكنهم saying uh, it's not befitting for Allah subhanahu wa taala from his wisdom that he's gonna send a messenger for the rest of humanity and his message will not be complete. That's not possible. And the praise of Allah, the attributes of Allah. And the true promise of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, as Allah says in the Quran: "Inna al hayat dunya We are going to be giving victory to the messenger of Allah, our messengers, and those believers. ashhad on the day of judgment. the believers and the messengers, they are the ones who are going to be victorious in this dunya and in the akhirah. فَمَنْ ظَنَّ أَنَّهُ يُدِيلُ الْبَاطِلَ Whoever thinks that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to allow the falsehood, meaning kufr and shirk and disbelief, to be above the truth, إِدَالَةً in, in, in a permanent way, meaning victory, victory will always be to the people of falsehood. Whoever thinks that, and they think that Muslims were never going to win ever, يَضْمَحِلُوا مَعَ الْحَقِّ To the point where the truth is going to be completely left, I'm forgotten about. Or if you think that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed to happen, you think that it wasn't by the wisdom of Allah. It wasn't by the decree of Allah or His wisdom. Or you think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a person he believes that Allah, He does something, but He didn't do it out of wisdom. It wasn't out of wisdom, as the innovators, they believe. Rather, you have to believe that what Allah done, it was something that was out of wisdom. And that wisdom is praiseworthy in front of for Allah, Allah should be praised for it. Not only should we believe that it's something that is good, but we should praise Allah for the thing that He's done for us. Or the, thing that we, the calamity that has that's befalled us. mujarada, or they, But rather they think that this is only because of the mere will of Allah. Meaning what happened was just the will of Allah. There was no wisdom behind it. Which is the belief of those innovators. It's just the will of Allah. No, no wisdom behind it. This is the thoughts of those who disbelieve. And so destruction will be to those disbelievers in the hellfire. And the majority of the people he goes on to say huh? Ibn Qayyim still still speaking Ibn Qayyim. The majority of the people they think about Allah evil thoughts of Allah in things that happen to them specifically in their own lives. As I mentioned, so the, the calamity befalls them. وَفِّمَا يَفْعَلُهُ بِغَيْرِهِمْ All what Allah does to other people. They think, why did Allah do that? He didn't deserve that. That person didn't deserve to go through such calamity. وَلَا يَسْلَمُ مِنْ ذَلِكَ إِلَّا مَنْ عَرَفَ اللَّهِ But the only people who are safe from these thoughts about Allah are those who know Allah. وَأَسْمَاءَهُ وَصِفَاتِهِ And you know the names of Allah and the attributes of Allah. Because the one who knows and learns the names and attributes of Allah, he's never going to have bad thoughts of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you know that he's Al-Hakim the one who is the most wise and you understand this name of Allah and you believe in it and you, you internalize it inside your inside your belief in your heart then that person is going to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never going to have these bad thoughts that's why from the most important types of knowledge is to learn, learn and need to learn and understand the names and attributes of Allah wa mujib hikmatihi wa hamdihi the one who knows if the one the one the, the person who uh, will be saved from such bad thoughts are those who know the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his attributes and the uh, what, is, what is necessary, what are the necessary outcomes of his wisdom and his good attributes? Alhamdulillah. So the one who is smart, the one who is sincere to himself, let him look after this. And let him take care of having and be careful of having bad thoughts of Allah. Well, إلى and repent to Allah for these thoughts that you have you had about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ask Allah to forgive you for having bad thoughts of him. فتشت فتشت. If you look at the reality of the people and the inside, the way of, the way you are inside your heart, if you look at your heart, you see that a lot of people they have hate for the Qadr of Allah. Why did this happen to me? A lot of people they have this. And they start blaming the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're not happy with it. They're not patient and they're not happy with it. And they start saying to themselves, that shouldn't have happened to me. It should, it, this should have happened instead. That's why they start saying anything, small or big. So a lot of people, they have this. And some of them, they have this in a major way. And some of them, they have just very minor. But all of it is bad. Some people, they have all, everything, This this question why did Allah do it to the point that they leave Islam? And some people, they have it in some ways. Why? That shouldn't have happened. And then they repent to Allah we we'll ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us. So look at yourself. Look at yourself into your heart. How are you when it comes to this belief in the Qadr of Allah? Are you free from this? And then he brings the lines of poetry. If you're safe from this, then you've saved, you've been saved from something that's huge. Yeah, and if you're safe from having bad thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you've been saved from something that is big. And if you don't, if you're not safe from this, then I don't think you're going to be saved from the fire allah so that is uh, an important bab about knowing what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understanding the qadar of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing that everything that he does is good for us then he brings the masail tafsir ayat al imran the second tafsir ayat al fath the third al ikhbar bi anna dhalika anwa' la tuh la bad thoughts of allah there are many different types many different ways that a person can have bad thoughts of allah and the way that we define it in a comprehensive way is what? What's the what's the definition? Anything that is not befitting for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to think about it is not is not allowed. Anything, whether it be something that is kufr or a major sin. So as we mentioned before, And the the the, the fourth masala is that the only way to be safe from this is to know the names and attributes of Allah and to know yourself okay uh, for a person to know the names of attributes of Allah this is the way to be saved from this why because when a person knows the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's when he understands what the actions of Allah uh, he understands why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does certain things otherwise you're going to be thinking you don't know who's doing this to you you don't know Allah the one who's doing this to you is the one who is al Ghafur Wadood. The one who is forgiving, the most loving. The one who wants to accept your repentance. You Allah wants to accept your repentance. The one who loves the believers. In Allah, يُحِبُّ الْتَوَّابِينَ وَيَحِبُّ الْمُتَطَهِّرِينَ He loves those who repent. He loves those who purify themselves. Allah loves the believers. Allah loves His Messenger ﷺ. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy when you repent. And I mentioned to you guys the hadith before, right? The hadith of the man who's in a desert. He's in a desert and he, uh, the Prophet said, Allah is more happy for the slave to repent, then the man who's in the desert, and he's lost. And his camel has his food and his drink and all of his, all of his things. And so he, he goes and he loses his camel. He's in a state of fear, right? He lost his camel in the middle of the desert and everything's on there. So what does he do? He goes to the tree to look for shade. So he looks, goes under the tree and he just waits for death. He knows he's going to die, he has nothing left. And so he sleeps and he wakes up and he sees his camel in front of him. How happy is that person going to be? He's so happy the Prophet said that he. So he said, Allahumma anta abdi wa ana Oh Allah, you're my slave and I'm your Lord. Out of min shiddatil farah. He made a mistake because of how happy he was. Allah is more happy for you to repent than that person with his camel. For you to repent to Allah. That's Allah. And do you think that he's going to do something bad to you? Do you think that he's going to put you through a hardship that you can't take? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only burdens you the way that you can take. So you think he's going to give you something that you can't take That's not good for you To the point that on the Day of Judgment a person He will come and he will wish his whole life was nothing but tests and trials Nothing, his whole life Because he sees the, the, the deeds that will come to him To the point that the Prophet said that there will be someone who will be walking on the earth عَلَيْهِ He has no sins because of how many trials and tribulations he goes through He goes through hardship there, Left, right and centre It's not even stopping It's like ne- Once he's got, he got over the first one Next something else happens to him in his life the third, something else happens. Again, again, and again, again, until he comes on the day of judgment. And he sees all of the good deeds, and he wishes that all of his life was just bad, was just fitan and tests. All of it. this is the wisdom of Allah, knowing that this is Allah. If you know Allah, then you, when how are you gonna, that's going to help you with dealing with these fitan, dealing with these trials and tribulations, and these hardships that you're going through, because you know that the one who's doing this is like, it's my. If your mother was doing something to you, you know, you understand later on that your mother. They're only doing it out of his own good, right? Out of their own, they wanted good for me. So what about Allah, the One who loves you more than your own mother, the One who the Salaf or or one of the Salaf said that I, if I was to give, be given a choice, who would judge me on the day of judgment? My parents or oh Allah, I would choose Allah. That's Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala. So that's why that's why learning the names and attributes of Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, is what's going to keep you safe from having bad thoughts of Allah and His actions and His decree. Now. So is questioning the sharia is that kufr? questioning Allah's action, that's major sin. No, questioning the sharia asking why. Or this, if I'm yeah, disliking the sharia is kufr, disliking it is kufr. And questioning the uh, so but not necessarily any question. About, huh? Complaining about it. No questioning it. No, no, no disliking it, sorry. Disliking it, that's when it becomes kufr. As for uh, the, the actions of Allah, then nah, then this is major sin. The qadr yani, the qadr when we see actions of Allah, it comes under sharia as well. Like in the qadr. طيباب ما جاء في منكر القدر Now we're talking about the next chapter is the one who denies the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And denying the qadr of Allah, first of all, we have to understand what is the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number one, there's four, there's four stages of the qadr of Allah. There's four stages, meaning four things that we have to believe in when it comes to the qadr of Allah, the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number one, we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala كتب كل كُلَّ شَيْءٍ Allah knows everything عِلْمُ اللَّهِ وَكِتَابَتُهُ لَهَا وَمَشْيَيَتُهُ وَخَلْقُهُ iyaha. So, عِلْمُ Allah knows everything Meaning, nothing happened in this dunya without the knowledge of Allah Allah says وَاللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah knows everything What comes under this The knowledge of Allah It comes on the future What will what, what happen in the future Allah knows What happened in the past Allah knows And what didn't happen, if it was to happen, how it would have happened? Yeah, and Something that didn't happen, if it was to happen, Allah knows how it would have happened. Do you understand? Allah says in the Quran, On the kuffar, when they come on the day of judgment, Allah says, It became clear to them what they used to hide before, meaning the day of judgment, they used to deny it. If they were to be returned to the dunya, They would return to their same sins. They they die, they see the day of judgment, they see the hellfire. Then they were given another chance to the dunya, they still do the same sins. And that shows from the wisdom of Allah, the punishment of the kafir. Because he would have done the same thing anyway. طيب. So Allah knows what would have happened, how it would have happened, if it didn't happen, even though it didn't happen. Second thing, is ilmu Allah, so the future past, and what happened, how would have happened. طيب. Second thing is, Kitabatu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written everything down. And we're going to take the hadith of عبادة بن صامت رضي الله عنه, That shows الله That the first, Allah has written everything down That's going to happen until the day of judgment Meaning from the creation of the heavens that we, of the earth that we know today 50,000 years before it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the pen And said to the pen write And so the pen said what should I write? He said write everything Everything that's going to happen until the day of judgment So everything that's going to happen until yawm al is Written down. No. Uh, does that no. Everything that will happen until the day of judgment. Okay. Mm. As for what would happen, it's in knowledge of Allah. How would it have happened? But it didn't happen. So it's not everything that's written down as what? Well. Everything that's going to happen until Yom Al Qiyamah. Um Now, let's start writing how? Huh? Allah, this is the hadith of Ubadah, right? I mentioned to you the hadith of Ubadah in about the pen. The, طيب, um, the third level of qadr that we must believe in is ومشيئته, that Allah willed everything meaning nothing, nothing can happen in the kingdom of Allah without the will of Allah nothing can, can happen without Allah having to will it Allah says in the Quran وما تشاءون إلا أن يشاء الله. you have no will except under, under the will of Allah meaning whatever Allah وتعالى, whatever happens then Allah allowed it to happen Conan universally meaning do we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed someone to sin we are, we say yes Allah allowed someone to sin generally but did he give him permission to do it in the sharia no so in the sharia he said don't sin even though he knew you were going to sin and he allowed it to happen but he commanded you not to. But He commanded you not to, and that's part of what we know that we know as free will to a point okay exactly Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's two types of qadr of Allah, right? Do you understand? There's two types of qadr of Allah. There's the qadr of Allah which is universal, meaning the things that happen. The occurrences in the world. And the second type of qadr of Allah is the Sharia, what Allah has commanded us to do in the Quran and Sunnah. In the, in the deen. Sometimes they overlap. For example, we say that the one who sinned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him not to sin. But he allowed it to happen in the world. He didn't he didn't stop it physically, he allowed it to happen. But is he pleased with it? No, he's not pleased with it. Right? Exactly. He's not pleased with it in terms of the sharia. I command you not to do it. But it happened, when it happened, did it happen under the wisdom of Allah? Yes, it happened, the wisdom of Allah. There was a wisdom behind it. For example, Iblis. The creation of Iblis. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow Iblis to be to do what he's doing? To whisper and shayateen to do what they do, right? Allah did Allah allow it. Yes, and he knows it's happening, right? What's the good in it? There's good in it, even though that the, even though even though Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and sorry, He allowed it to happen. But did He command iblis to do it? No. Did He, يعني, is iblis allowed to do it? He's, no, he's not. He's not allowed to do it in Sharia. Is he sinning for doing it? Yes, he is. But there is a wisdom why Allah allowed him. Just like when someone is killed, Allah didn't allow someone to be killed, but in the Sharia, He didn't command you to kill people. لكن, he did say, when he allowed it, there was a wisdom behind it It happened, but Allah, Allah knew it was going to happen Even though he told you not to do it, Allah allowed it to happen for wisdom What's the wisdom? Allah knows all, There was always a wisdom behind everything that happened there. Is that clear guys? Is that clear? Is it? Taib, <laughs> And I asked you guys this question before What's the wisdom behind the creation of Iblis then? someone who wasn't here So what, can anyone think of any wisdom behind creation of Iblis then? to test the believers and, and Iblis, Iblis, testing the believers if they pass is that good or bad? it's good they pass the test and they are rewarded so from the wisdom of creation in Iblis is that the believers will, will go to Jannah they will have a higher place in Jannah because of their uh, repentance from their sins and so on that's how all the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so does Dua change Qadr? Dua does it change Qadr? we say that the Dua it only changes the Qadr there are different types of Qadr the Qadr are different types number one the highest type of qadr which is the one that we're going to mention in the hadith here is the qadr that is written you guys write this down now. Uh, the one that is written in the loh al mahfuz the loh al mahfuz is the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote down 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth بَلْ majid in surah al-Buruj right is in surah al uh, al-mahfuz the Quran I mean uh, everything was written 50,000 years before the heavens and the earth that's the first type of qadr second other than, then, then after that there's many different types of qadar like the, the qadar that is written down for the baby when he's in the womb of his mother In the hadith of ibn mas'ud عنه, the prophet sallallahu alaihi said that في the then soul is blown into and the baby and Then the angel is commanded to write his lifespan whether he's going to be in the hellfire or in jannah and his rizq his provision, so that is written for the baby when he is born, and then we have the Qadr which happens every year when In al-Qadr, right? anzalnahu fi mubarakah In that night, every we- command that is wise from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is, told to the angels. So that is the yearly Qadr, and the different types of Qadr. Uh and some they say daily qadr as well. So the qadr that is written in the lowhul mahfuz doesn't change. Dua does not change that. Like in the other types of dua, other types of qadr, sorry, it is changed by dua. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the angel, for example, that give this person, we have the hadith of the Prophet said, Man an Whoever wants his lifespan to be long, then then let him connect his family ties. So the angel will be told if he connects his family ties, then give him one more year. If he doesn't, then don't give him one more year. That change though is already written in Lawha al Mahfuz. Is that clear? So when we say dua changes qadr, nothing in the hadith, nothing changes qadr except for dua, meaning. The qadr that is other than the law al the daily, monthly, or you know, sorry, daily and, and, and yearly and the lifespan qadr. Exactly. So that's what it means by it, this dua qadr in that way it does. So the Sallallahu Alaihi When heard the pens writing. Mm. That's the al I don't know. Mm. You mentioned four things that Allah knows everything and He's written everything, and He would have what's the fourth thing. We're not finished. Oh. Yeah, we're not finished. What was the question? Then the fourth one is the fourth the level of Qadr that we must believe is that Allah created everything. Allah created everything. Allah says in the Quran, Wallahu khalaqakum wa ma ta'amaloon. Allah created you, and He created everything that you do. Allah created you and everything that you do. So He created you and your actions. So Al well, Bukhari he has the book called "Khulq Afa'al Al Ibad," that the actions of the slaves are created. What does that mean? That Allah subhanahu wa taala created you, and He created your ability to do things, and He created your will to do something. And so the result of that is that Allah created your actions, just like we say that you were born from your mother. But do we, so did Allah not create you? Allah did create you, right? Like in through those means of your father and your mother, and therefore you were born, and we and it goes back to Allah because Allah is the one who allowed that to happen. So therefore, we say Allah created you and your actions because He is the one who created you and created your ability and created your will to do something. Therefore, Allah created everything. Allah, Allah created everything, and in the Quran, Allah created you and your actions. This is the belief of al-Qadr. This is the belief of Ahlu Sunnah. When it comes to the decree of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, we must believe in all four levels. We must believe in all of these four levels. Anyone who disbelieves in any one of these levels, then he has committed a sin that could be kafir. Um So uh, the only people who denied the q- the Qadr of Allah, the knowledge of Allah, were the Qadariyah, the first two levels, the knowledge and the ri- writing of Allah. The, the knowledge of Allah was the Qadariyah back in before at the time of the Sahaba. Where they said al-amr unuf, they said that things just happen without the Qadr of Allah. Allah does not know what happens until it happens. Those people were kuffar, as we're going to see here. Inshallah, Taala. As for denying the other levels, then the, then the, as for today, then there's not many people who deny that level from the Muslims who say that Allah does not know what's happening. And rather, some scholars say there's, not, there's no there's no groups, no major group, or no, no group of Muslims who are known to have this belief system where they believe that Allah does not know anything that happens until it happens. But there are people who deny the other last two levels They say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't um, uh, this, uh, he denies, They deny the, the, the will of the slave So they say that the slave has no will Meaning that you're, you don't have any free will Whatever happens, it happens because Allah forced you to do it Your sin, Allah forced you to sin And that's the belief of the ash'ara as well From here we understand that Asha'irah have a deviant From many different ways right. Jabriya, Jabriya, yeah, Jabriya. I was that evidence if, if someone would have in the Jahmiyyah you don't have free will. How would you get around that If someone says that you don't have free will, then we say that in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, affirmed two types of will. He affirmed the will of Allah and he affirmed the will of the slave as well in the Quran. Allah says, ma You have no will except, meaning you do have a will, Illa an yasha Allah, except the will of, under the will of Allah. So we say that the will of the slave is under the will of Allah, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you, without forcing you, allows you to do what you, you, you do but whatever you do, doesn't come out, out, outside of the will of Allah meaning it's not possible for you to want to do something, Allah does not want you to do it in terms of Conan, yeah, in the university, Allah does not want this to happen, but it happens No, Allah does not command you to do it Allah, yes, Allah says don't commit zina but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still allows it allows whatever happens to happen because the slaves uh, will is affirmed in the Quran. He has the power to stop it, but didn't didn't force you. Yeah, he didn't force you to do it. Just because he he allowed it doesn't mean he forced you. That's the difference. What's the difference between the Qadr al and the Lawh at the time of the baby in the womb of the The Lawh al was written fifty thousand years before the creation of heaven and earth. The difference between the Lawh al and the one that's written at the time of the birth. The Loh al was written 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth. As for the qadr which is the baby, then it's at the time of the baby only. And other other difference that. The Loh al never changes. This one can change. But does the al also have the changes written down? Yes. The lawuh al has the changes written down. Another thing, last thing that I want to mention about qadr before we go into the evidence is that the qadr is the sirr of Allah. Is the, is the secret of Allah. As Ibn, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he said, the qadr is the secret of Allah. So delving into it, into trying to understand its wisdoms, or try to question its evidences, is very dangerous. As we can see. And if someone may not understand certain aspects of qadr, delving into it, questioning the qadr of Allah, why did this happen to me? This is the secret of Allah subhanahu Wa ta'ala. And so therefore a person should the, 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 the way of the believer when it comes to the qadr of Allah is to fully submit and not ask questions about why. As for understanding then you ask questions about understanding. Yani, as a mas'ala. As for when it comes to the actual actions of Allah, then asking about why Allah subhanahu wa taala had done something, this is from the ways of a shaitan that he traps the believer. Wallahu So the evidence is: "Waqal Ibn Umar, 'الذي نفس بن عمر بيده لو كان لأحدهم مثل أحد ثم أنفقه في سبيل الله.' And he's talking about Ibn Umar: When two people came to him from Al Basra, and they heard the the the, the speech of uh, Ma'bad al-Juhani Ma'bad al-Juhani was a man who was the first person to come out with this belief that everything happens without the decree of Allah meaning Allah does not know what's happening until it happens so they came to, uh, to, the, to Mecca to look for Abdullah ibn Umar or one of the companions so they found Abdullah ibn Umar and they told Abdullah ibn Umar about this belief of Ma'bad al-Juhani so ibn Umar he said I swear by Allah in whom my, my, my soul is in his hand أُحُدٍ if one of them, they had the amount of the the amount of the mountain of Uhd in gold, meaning you had a mountain in gold. Thumma anfakahu fi sabilillah, then he gave that mountain of gold to charity. Ma qabi lahul minhu, Allah would never accept it from them. Hatta yu'mina bilqadar, until they believe in the decree of Allah. Thumma istadala bi qauli Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then he brought the Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he said, al "Aliman antu'mina bilAllah," the part about iman is to believe in Allah, wa malaikatih and his angels, wa kutubih and his books. And his messengers, and the last day, and you believe in the Qadr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the good and the bad. So therefore, it's part of Iman for a person to believe in it, and the, the, and he therefore he shows that it shows that the one who denies the Qadr is a kafir, disbeliever. As the Hadith also mentioned, Ibn Umar he said, "If I saw them, I will tell them that I am free from them and they are free from me." And so this is no doubt an act of kufr. Ruah a Muslim narrated by Muslim in al-Sahih. وعن عبادة بن الصامة رضي الله عنه He narrated أنه قال لبنه He said to his son عبادة بن الصامة said to his son يا ابني أومى صن إنك لن تجد طعم الإيمان You will never find the taste of إيمان The sweetness of إيمان حتى تعلم أن ما أصابك لم يكن ليخطئك Until you know that whatever came to you It was never going to miss you وما أخطأك لم يكن ليصيبك and whatever missed you was never going to come to you. Meaning that the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is nafid; It's going to happen whether you like it or not. Meaning whatever happened to you, it was going to happen to you even if you, were run, you ran as far as you can. And whatever you missed, it was never going to come to you even if the whole earth and all the human beings came together to try to give it to you. They would never be able to give it to you. And in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu he said, أن الأمة لو اجتمعت على أن ينفعوك بِشَيْءٍ know that if the Ummah they all came together to try to benefit you with something, they would never be able to give you that benefit except for something that Allah has written it for you. ولو أجمع... ولو and if they were to come together to harm you with something, they would never be able to harm you. Except by something that Allah has decreed even if they all come together for it. Alright? The pens have been lifted and the papers have dried. Meaning the qadr has been written and there's nothing's going to change it. What's going to happen is going to happen, whether you run away from it or not uh no sorry uh, and then then he then he said sami'tu rasul allah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam ibadussamad said i heard the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam say inna awwala ma khalaqa allah alqalam the first thing that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created was the pen faqala lahu he said to the pen write faqala oh, inna awwala ma khalaqa allah alqalam i translated it as what How's it translated in the book the first thing that allah created was the pen commanded it write yeah the first thing that allah created was the pen huh? that's so i said in the book right uh, that is according to one narration أَوَّلُ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْقَلَمُ Another narration in أَوَّلَ مَا قَدَرَ اللَّهُ أَوَّلَ The first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created was the pen, There's some translations. The other translation which is better the other understanding in Arabic I and mean, there's two different understandings in Arabic itself therefore translation is going to be different. So first one is to say أول ما خلق الله القلم. The first thing Allah was created created was the pen. And the other narration is أول ما خلق الله القلم. And what's the difference in meaning? أول is ضرف, ضرف زمان, meaning as soon as Allah created the pen. What's the difference? The first thing Allah created was the pen. As soon as Allah created the pen, he said to it write. What does it mean? It's not the first word. Naam. So the first one means that Allah, the first thing that Allah created was the pen. Second one is. It doesn't mean that it was the first thing It just said as soon as it created the pen, he told it to write Right? So, and this, so, therefore there is a difference of opinion What is the first thing that was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world Al-Alam al Mushahad, That we, ha- we know of now this, this world or this creation that we know of now Because we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was creating even before that 50,000 years before the creation of the heaven and earth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was still creating before that But we just don't know what Allah created before that But we know from when? The pen until now The of al-qiyamah Allah will always be creating. That's the belief of Ahl sunnah that Allah will always be creating Before and after طيب. So what's the first thing that was created in this in this world that we, we know of now? These seven heavens, these Jannah and What's the first thing that we created? There was created? There's a difference of opinion So according to this narration If you say the first thing Allah created was the pen أول مَا خلق الله القلم, Then it's the pen And some scholars they mention that it's a minority opinion and The majority of the scholars they say no, it is أَوَّلَ مَا خلق الله القلم, As soon as Allah created the pen so therefore Wallahu A'lam, the first thing that Allah created was the Arsh of Allah Because in the hadith the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us about That the first creation of Allah was the Arsh عرش. وَكَانَ عَرْشُهُ al ma. His Arsh, his throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was upon water So some of the scholars they mention or the majority of scholars they say that the first thing that Allah created was The Arsh of Allah So therefore the correct, it's a correct translation or even in Arabic was to say أَوَّلَ مَا خَلَقَ الله As soon as Allah created the pen قال له, he said to the pen right. فقال له, اكتب فجرى في تلك الساعة بما هو كائن لا يوم القيامة. So what happened was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he allowed to happen, or he, he, the pen wrote, everything that's going to happen until يوم القيامة. Until the judgment. Is that clear, Ahmed? Question? He answered it. وفي رواية لأحمد, in the narrator of Imam Ahmed, إِنَّ أَوَّلَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ الْقَلَمُ As soon as Allah created the pen, فقال له, اكتب. He said, write. فجر في تلك الساعة بما هو كائن القيامة. نعم uh, no, so huh? <تصفيق> أكتب؟ نعم أول, أول, the first الله سيد he said write. فقال ربي وماذا أكتب؟ the pencil write. قال أكتب مقادير كل شيء حتى تقوم الساعة. write the decree of everything until the day of judgment occurs. يا بني. Oh, my son عباد صامت سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول I heard the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi عليه وسلم saying, "Mamata ala ghiri haza faleesa minni." Whoever dies without believing this, then he's not from me. Meaning that person has disbelieved in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala في رواية لي أحمد in the narration of Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, he says, "Ina awla ma khalq Allah taala al-qalam." As soon as Allah created the pen, فَقَالَ لَهُ اُكتُب he said to the pen write. فَجَرَى فِي تِلْكَ السَّاعَةِ بِمَا هُوَ كَانُ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ. And so, in that time. Everything that was going to happen until Yawm Al-Qiyamah was written down by that pen. وفي رواية ibn وحبن From the narration of Abdullah ibn وحبن رحمه الله From the students of Imam Malik قال, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم he said, The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم He said فَمَنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنْ بِالْقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ أَحْرَقَهُ اللَّهُ بِالنَّارِ Whoever does not believe in the qadr of Allah The decree of Allah Then the good and the bad Allah سبحانه وتعالى will burn him with the fire Showing that believing in the Qadr of Allah is a pinnacle or is a is a part of our belief and is a pillar of our belief. He says, here, The good and the bad. What do we mean by good and the bad? The good. Uh, some some may question: Is the decree of Allah bad? Can the Allah Subhanahu wa Taala decree be bad? Someone may question that. So how can Allah, why did the prophets of Allah said good and bad? We say that. What it means here is the good and the bad according to the slave. For me, when I lose my Something, I lose something, that for me is a bit hard on me. So therefore, it can be described as bad, meaning the way I look at it. But as for the action of Allah itself, then it's good, even if we see it as bad. And it's a lesson for us that everything that happens in our lives is good for us, even if you don't see it. Even if you don't see it. From the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khayrihi wa Sharrihi. that's what it means. Ahraqahullah, that's why we have the hadith of the Prophet when he said, we do not attribute evil to you, O Allah. Meaning, only good. we, own, we only attribute good to you, Allah. وَفِي الْمُسْنَدِ وَالسُّنَنِ عَنْ إِبْنِ رحمه الله تعالى قَالَ أَتَّيْتُ كَعْبٍ He came to obey Ibn Ka'b. And this is a lesson for us. That when we have these questions about, the, about Islam, we go to the scholars, the people of knowledge, who are going to answer for us. Instead of what people do today, or What people do generally a lot of times is they go to anyone and everyone They ask these questions and the answer may even give you a worse shubha it make the, the answer will make it even more hard for you to accept But if you, were only to go, if you were to go to a person of knowledge Who is older in age and experience and knows about these things And a person who is firmly grounded in knowledge Then he would have given you one answer, one ayah, one hadith That would have taken away that shubha from you, that doubt that you had from you there and then so he went to Ubay ibn Ka'ab. Ubay ibn Ka'ab, the one that the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Aqra'ukum ubay, He is the most knowledgeable of reciting the Quran. So he was from the scholars of the companions. And when we say that most knowledgeable of reciting the Quran, Ubay ibn Ka'ab, it's not just that he was able to recite the Quran, as we have a lot of times that today, when the Prophet ﷺ, he said, يَكْثُرُ Qurra' wa الْفُقَهَاءُ Fuqaha'. That there will be a lot of Qurra' people who recite the Quran, but there will be very little in terms of fiqh, in terms of knowledge. That wasn't how it was with the companions As Ibn Mas'ud said Today you are living where people who have knowledge are a lot And the people who read are little But the people, i.e. qurā But there will come a time where people, they قراء, they read They have beautiful voices, excellent tadreed They have qira'at maybe even Like when it comes to knowledge of Allah yeah, completely zero, nothing Aqeedah, you ask them about aqeedah, I don't know, I only know tadreed And that's a that's, that's a big aib on the people And there's, there's a problem with the people when they say they say Ahlul Quran, Ahlul Qur'an. And they think Ahlul Quran is someone who just recites the Quran, he has a nice voice, and he's constantly Reciting the Quran. Naam is good, rewarded, alhamdulillah It's good. Like this not the this is not what Ahlul Quran is. Al Quran What do it mean by Yatulunhu Haqatilawatihi? Does it mean reciting tilawa? La It's not from Tilawa, it's from Tilu. They follow the Qur'an the way it should be followed. And also they recite it the way it should be recited. Both of them need to be present So Ubay ibn Ka'bin wasn't one of those who just recited the Qur'an Just because the Prophet ﷺ said Aqra'ukum Ubay," He was the one who was the most aqra, the one who recited the Qur'an the best He wasn't just the one who recited the Qur'an the best but he also was knowledgeable He was from the scholars of the companions As opposed to today when we have people who recite the Qur'an but when it comes to knowledge absolutely nothing And that's aib on them and No doubt, at a young age that's not a problem At a young age that's not a problem And someone who's 10, 11, 12, 34, whatever, young age That's not a problem as a child Like in a person to be seen as a person of knowledge alim scholar, person And he only knows the Quran He only knows how to recite, nothing else Then this is an ape, Even if that is his specialty No problem Like if he has, he has to have the foundation of each knowledge Then after that he has speciality specialty then قراءة. That's good, that's good you don't, don't misunderstand me So he said, obey. Oh, I came to obey Ibn I said to him In myself I have some doubt about the Qadr of Allah فحدثني بشيء لعل الله يذهبه من قلبي. So tell me about something that maybe Allah will take away from my heart, behind this doubt. فقال: he said لو أنفقت مثل أُحد ذهبا. Look at the same speech as Ibn Umar huh? That shows that the the companions, their knowledge came from one source because you look at the answer, they all gave the same answer. If you were to give the amount of أُحد in gold، ما قبِله الله مِنْك. Allah would have never accepted it from you. حتى until you believe in the of Allah. And you know, you must know and believe that whatever befell you, whatever happened to you, was never going to miss you. It was always going to happen to you. That car crash was always going to happen. That loss of money was always going to happen. That death was going to happen. Whether you like it or not. And whatever missed you, you went for that job, you you didn't get it, you were never going to get it. Don't worry. Even if you tried everything, you had all the links in the world, you would never get it. It was never going to come to you. And if you die, not believing this, then you'll be from the people of the hellfire. What did he say? If you give mountain of Uhud gold, who else said that? Abdullah ibn Umar in that hadith. Who said Utsawah? ibn Samit in the previous hadith. The source of knowledge was one. The Companions, all their source of knowledge was one. So they gave out because it was from the Prophet sallallahu From this we understand that this knowledge, no doubt, was from the Prophet sallallahu So this answer that the companion gave wasn't just from the companion, it was from the Prophet sallallahu Look what, I say, look what he says ibn Mas'ud. I came to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud Again who's Abdullah ibn Mas'ud The alim of Kufa The alim of the companions The one who The Prophet He said If you want to recite the Quran The way it was revealed Then recite it in the way of the Ibn Ummi Abd The way that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud recites Notice he he's saying recite Again I want to emphasize this point He's saying recite But it doesn't mean just reciting Voice He means the way that he has knowledge of Quran The way he recites Yes Also the way he has Knowledge of the Qur'an, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. I went to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, alim of the companions, the one who the companions used to refer to. وَحُذَيْفَةِ بِنْ Yaman, And Hudaifat ibn yaman again, from the scholars of the companions. Zayd ibn Thabit? Zayd ibn Thabit, who's Zayd ibn Thabit when it comes to knowledge? What's the hadith about Zayd ibn Thabit when it comes to knowledge? Abdullah ibn Abbas. Zayd ibn Thabit, the one the Prophet ﷺ, is narrated in the in his jama'ah, and some of the scholars, they said, it's authentic. afradukum و the most knowledgeable inheritance is Zayd ibn Thabit huh? Some scholars they say it's weak. So all of them they said the same thing All بن سعود, Hudayfit ibn Zayd ibn Thabit They all said the same thing Ubay ibn Ka'b said to me From the Prophet This is an authentic Hadith narrated by Hakim al sahih فيه مسائل وأض مسائل, مسائل of this chapter بيان فرض الإيمان بالقدر that we must believe in القدر الثانية بيان كيفية الإيمان how to believe in قدر what do we have to believe الثالثة, إحباط من لم يؤمن به that the reward of the ones who doesn't believe in قدر is invalid حسنت الرابعة الإخبار أن أحدا لا يجد طعم الإيمان حتى يؤمن به you're never going to find the, the sweetness of إيمان until you believe in it why? because قدر gives you Peace of the heart, contentment of the heart When you know that this was never going to happen to me anyway Are you going to start thinking about it and regret it? You're not, because you, know, you knew it wasn't going to happen If you really, really knew that it was never going to happen to me You're not going to regret it too much So it's going to have, give you peace, peace of mind And sweetness of Iman al Allah Mentioning the first thing that Allah created According to this Like in other opinions that The Arsh is the first thing that Allah created Wallahu a'lam al Fi ila sa'ah that everything was written at that time until the Day of Judgment. السابع براءته صلى الله عليه وسلم ممن لم يؤمن به The Prophet عليه is free from the one who does not believe in قدر. عادة السلف في إزالة الشبهة بسؤال العلماء That the salaf when they had a doubt, they had a question, they would ask the علماء, and the scholars. أن العلماء أجابوه بما يزيل عنه الشبهة وذلك أنهم نسبوا الكلام إلى رسول الله الله عليه وسلم فقط that they, the way the scholars they responded was by giving them the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and these were people who were submissive, who were submissive to the hadith of the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام. Yeah. So you see, um, I was uh, I read that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to have um, in his house like khawas students used to come to him and learn from him. Do you know like which which sahaba? From those companions, of Abdullah ibn mas'ud they say that Abdullah ibn used to follow the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where in and outside of his house wherever he would be especially in the time of Mecca for amongst them being Abu Bakr and Umar because the companions they would say jaa Abu Bakr wa jaa Umar jaa Abu Bakr wa Umar ma'a nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa dhahaba Abu Bakr wa Umar ma'a nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam Also, Abu Huraira who he mentions about himself that he said that i the people that can yastaghiluna bis they used to be they used to be busy at the, the market and i didn't have anything to do at the market i didn't have any money so he said i would just sit with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so these are some of them Wallahu a'alam <laughs> uh, So the question here again What does the daily Qadr, monthly work, what, does the, what does Qadr mean? Could you repeat it again? No one understood? No one understood? <laughs> Why? is the microphone not working? Allah, that's, that's a bit hard yani, uh, Daily Qadr, yani the Qadr that is written every day upon you And the, the yearly Qadr is what's written every year On Laylatul Qadr, is written what's going to happen on that year The angels, they write it down, okay? And it can be changed by making dua, but that change is already written in the law al mahful. That is akhtisar. There's a certain the daily one, like for example, the Monday, Thursday, that's the weekly one. This is the weekly one. I have to remember the hadith exactly, I don't remember the wording of the hadith. I have tell you, inshallah now. Yeah, so give, does Sadaqa come under dua change Qadr? Yes, we're not just talking about dua changes Qadr but dua and things, things that have been mentioned that change the Qadr For example, the Hadith of dua, for example the Salat rahim being close to the family Sadaqa and things like that, there's others as well Baabu fi al When it comes to pictures Pictures, what's the ruling on pictures? Al-tasweer al the one who makes pictures. When it comes to pictures, we have um, a few things I need to mention. Number one is the prohibition when it comes to a surah is dawatul arwah, anything that has a soul. Anything that has a soul is prohi- prohi- prohibited for it to be made as a picture. And what we mean by a, to be prohibited to, made, to be made as a surah. And what do we mean by surah? Because English picture is not really the, the right translation. What we mean by surah are, three thing, are two things. Okay, two things. Number one are statues by ijma, No difference of opinion. Statues are haram. Making a statue of anything that has a soul is haram. And it's a major sin. And no doubt they come under these hadith. Number two is written, hand, written, hand drawn pictures. And this is a haram according to the majority of the scholars. No doubt. That is not allowed for a person to draw the al-arwah anything that has a soul. What we mean by anything that has a soul is an animal, human being, and he has to include the head because we had the hadith al-sura ال- tul-ras. The head, the head, is the picture. Meaning, if there's no head, then it's not a picture. It's not a surah, It's not a haram. If it has a head, then it's haram. Statues, drawing, exactly. Animals or humans. As for trees, then we have the hadith: فإن كنت لابدَ فالشجر Al Jibal. If you have to draw something, they draw draw yeah, draw pig draw uh, the mount the, the the trees or the mountains. طيب that shows that showed allowed. طيب The third thing that enters that, that the scholars they, they, they speak about now is what is new now, something that's new and that's photography. Does photography come under this chapter of a tasweer or not? Some scholars they mention yes, some scholars they say no. So what is the opinions? From amongst the scholars that say that Photography comes under these pictures that are haram, and obviously, we're not going to mention previous scholars from the Salaf. Why? Because they never existed. <laughs> so, from the scholars that believed that it was haram, early scholars, as Sheikh Muhammad al Amin al Shinqihti, the Imam of Al Medina at his time, as Sheikh Aziz ibn Baz, the Mufti of Saudi Arabia at his time, as Sheikh al Albani, they all believed that these pictures were haram, and many other scholars. Um... Like Shaykh Salih al Fawzan, Hafizahullah ta'ala. And many other scholars, they believe that it's all haram. Meaning, pictures and Shaykh Muqbil bin Hadi al Wadi'i, Rahimahullah, of Yemen, he believed that these, all of these pictures were haram. What's the question? Is it uh, pictures that are like printed out? Or is it digital? All of it. Yeah. Digital and printed out, all of it. They believe that these are haram. Mm. Does it include videos? Including the videos, yes. All videos, pictures, all of them are haram, according to these scholars. Okay? Why? Because it comes under these, these hadith of. At From amongst the scholars that went to another side, are uh, ulama like some scholars they mentioned, some scholars they mentioned to me that it is the opinion of Sheikh Rahman Nasr al Sa'di, the Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin. Why? Because they that is allowed. From amongst they say that it's allowed. They say Sheikh Nasr al Sa'di. And the reason why they said that, I asked why was it? Because they said because we saw a video of him himself. And this is from the students of the students of Sheikh Abdurrahman al Sa'di, who said that. Wallahu Way of saying that this is his opinion. Wallahu uh, a'alam. From amongst the scholars. Was one of the opinions of Sheikh ibn Uthaymin. Bef- uh, and he changed his opinion before he died. And from amongst those scholars uh, of today. Sheikh Salih al And there's many other scholars. Who take those. Who takes that side. Um, another opinion. The last opinion that I want to mention. Is the opinion that Shaykh ibn Uthaymin. Allah ta'ala died upon. And that is that he said. That these pictures are haram. If they're printed out. And if they're still if they're digital, then it's not considered to be a surah. Why do some say it's halal? Why do some say it's haram? Some say it's haram because they say it comes under the hadith. The, the others they say it is not haram because it doesn't photography does not come under hadith. Rather, it comes under the same ruling as a mirror, or it comes under the same ruling as and uh, just capturing what's there. But Allah alam, that seems to be a weak opinion. Why? Because the, the, the mirror it captures exactly what's there. As for the, the the picture the photo the the photo the and it's different megapixels mega, mega, mega megapixels mega so it doesn't capture exactly what's there it's going to be different too it's going to be it is closer Wallahu'ala, to what is on a a paper and it's being drawn by hand wallahu because you see that someone can draw something by hand and it can be almost the same thing and that comes seems to be the case with those the photography so these scholars they say this some scholars they say that and the middle opinion is, Shaykh ibn Uthaymeen, that he died upon, that is that he said that if it is digital, then it's allowed because it's not considered to be a physical thing. It's not physically a picture. Okay? And a person, when it comes to this mas'ala, shouldn't go open, it shouldn't be, uh, looking, look into it through the lens of his desires. You shouldn't look at I think pictures are haram because I like to post on Instagram, I like to post on uh, my picture, or I like to take pictures. Rather, you should look at the Quran and the Sunnah, what you believe is closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once you to believe wallahu a'lam and what seems to be the opinion that some of my I mean when he takes what seems to be uh, wallahu a'lam uh, quite strong is that the opinion of the that he died upon that is that it is uh, allowed if it's on digital and it is not allowed when it is printed those scholars now who said it's haram completely they said that videos all that is haram they gave two exceptions or you can say one exception or two exceptions. Number one is a darurah When there's a necessity, you're allowed to have a picture. For example, a passport picture. It's a necessity. You have to have it otherwise you're going to be harmed. If you don't have a passport picture, therefore they say it's allowed. The second one, they say it is lil-haja. When there is a need. And this is the opinion of Sheikh Mibaz, Taala before he died. At the end of his life. He said if there is a need, then it is allowed. Or oh, Sorry, they all say that if there's a need, it's not allowed. From amongst those needs now that they mention, Sheikh Mibaz mentioned from amongst those needs, is... Uh, محاضرات, lessons, for example, or when it comes to medicine, when it comes to textbooks of, of learning, when you're learning through a textbook, you're going to need to have a printed picture in the book in order to have a diagram and things like that. Therefore, they say it's allowed. So, why? Because they have the principle is, What is haram because of a, it was haram to prevent something, it, became, it becomes halal, permissible, للحاجة, when there's a need. For example, we mentioned in Kitab al Nikah, if you guys remember. That where there is, it's haram for a person to look at a woman, right? But it's allowed when, when there's a need for a witness or for marriage. You're allowed to look at her because there's a need. Why? Because it was it was permit it was prohibited from you to look at a woman, because it causes fitna. So that's the, that's the reason why the the reason for uh, for, for being haram is a ziria is to prevent fitna. Anything that was made haram to prevent something becomes permissible when there's a need. You understand that? Exactly. So they use that principle for here. When, the, when there's a picture, a picture is haram. Why? It was made haram because it leads to shirk. Therefore, it will be permissible only when there is a, when there is a need, such as a lesson needs to be um, recorded. Uh, why? Because there's a need for it. there's a there's a hajj, There's a need for it. people to need to benefit and learn the deen of Allah, right? Or, and it's more engaging when it's a video. So therefore, they say it's, more, it's allowed. Or learning textbooks and things like that. So Wallahu A'lam, these are the opinions of the scholars and that middle opinion is the opinion of Sheikh Shaykh Murathaymeen Wallahu ta'ala alamu bil sawab nah. There's free mixing underneath that Naam, free mixing falls underneath that as well Free mixing is haram But obviously someone needs to go shop and there's going to be mm. women there. Is the, Are we are going to say it's haram to go shop? No, you can go to the shop But, ala qadr al-haj to what's the need What is the second opinion you mentioned of Shaykh Saleh, Haidah and Satan? Is that with videos or pictures? Or both Shaykh Saleh or Haidah is allowed no. That's the opinion of Sheikh al haydan As for Sheikh al-Fawzan, they know it's not allowed. And you know with the, the picture making, is the qiyas made that you're not allowed to make pictures because you're acting as a creator? No. The reason why you're not allowed to make pictures, for two reasons. Number one, because it is acting like you're a creator. Number two is because it leads to shirk. Statues and things like that. It leads to shirk, right? Statues and pictures as well. Mm. So what about... Um, so if a person takes the opinion that taking pictures is allowed, mm-hmm. is he allowed to, to use filters on his pictures and change the colors and the tone and all of that? Uh, recently Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan gave a fatwa when it came out that um, the video, the picture something takes a picture and you look old, it makes you look old. Yeah. He said that's not allowed, it's haram, because it's changing the creation of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. So he say it's not allowed. Wallahu A'lam if filters come on that' da'am. Wallahu A'lam if it doesn't include the head, it's fine. Mm. But you know some, uh, some people include the head but they don't include that like, feature in the face. No. So someone just rubs out the eyes. <laughs> is that does it make it a picture? It's still a picture, still a haram. So what makes like, it sometimes they'll have a drawing but it's just of mouth, mouth, no No, it can't have any head. Oh. It can't have the head. If the head is there, then it's considered to be a surah. If it's a real head, yeah. Yani. As in a like, the draw carton will be it, it's just the a line of head, nothing else. Like, Allah so. I know. If it looks like a head then it's not allowed. And if it's like a real creation, if it's oh, like a fake a creation, man. then no, it's like a, like, like a stick man with a head it fine, it's not fine, that's fine, it's different Like if it's a real human being with a head, or a real animal with a head, then it's not allowed Or if it's fake, like a, a cartoon, cartoon that's different yeah. So is there a view that, if um, you don't have the facial features, like the nose and eyes eyes? Allahu A'lam, I don't know about the view, but we have the hadith of the Prophet Inna the suratu ar ras The picture is that, the surah is the head Therefore, tamas, when the Prophet sallallahu ordered us to do tamas Tamas, yani, to remove the picture, is by removing the whole head Allahu yeah. No. wa sallam What about wearing, you know, people who wear clothes Have pictures of paintings or cartoons, physical eyes and stuff like that Are you allowed to wear clothes like that? Yeah, if it's, if it's not a real animal, a real human being or, For example, it's just, a, it's just an eye and an eye Just an eye, yeah. then that's fine a lot of us have like picture albums and stuff Like in our family Take okay, the pictures you about that? No <laughs> 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 picture albums obviously If a person now believes that it's haram Then it's not allowed Then it's not allowed for a person to have it And therefore they must destroy it Wallahu <laughs> alayhi I'm not telling you to destroy Your picture albums at home <laughs> <laughs> But if you believe it's haram And you are the authority in your house And it's my picture album Then you have to destroy it Because you believe it's haram Like if it's your parents And you're going to burn it No Because they might believe it's allowed you you can't pray in stuff with the pictures. Yeah, and you shouldn't have it at all. I'm saying, for example, uh, in school, we've got ID badges, we've got weather, I'll oh, we need to go on a frame, but i take it off. Yeah, you take it off, you take it off. Yeah. Are the sisters talking? <coughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Now they can hear, can sisters please keep it quiet? Why are they asking questions? They can't hear. Uh, sisters, can you please try to keep quiet, inshallah? No. I think it's because we're taking too much questions. Let me go on to the uh the book. The messenger of Allah <laughs> sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran or said in Hadith Qudsi, hadith Ilahi, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ ممن ذَهَبَ كَخَلْقِي Who is worse than the one who goes to create like my creation? ذَرَّةِ أَوْ حَبَّةِ أَوْ شَعِيرَةِ Let them try to create an ant or let them try to create a habba, a seed or let them try to create one piece of hair, meaning to show to show here that a person who goes and creates like the creation of Allah, meaning he tries to draw a picture or try to create a statue, then that person has done to bi khalqillah. He has he has uh, yani he has challenged Allah subhanahu wa taala in his creation. Therefore, we say that this is not allowed and it's haram from this and from this we understand that this is a major sin. <laughs> the worst people on the day of judgment or they'll have the worst punishment will be those, those who compete with the creation of Allah subhanahu wa And if a person intends by making a picture, or intends through making a picture to to compete with Allah's creation, then that's kufr akbar, major kufr. So when is making a picture kufr? When a person does it with the intention of المضاهات لخلق الله to compete with the creation of Allah then it becomes kufr other than that, it's a major sin. ولهما عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما ابن عباس الله narrates he said سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu الله عليه وسلم he said كل مصور في النار anyone who makes a surah a picture for who is in the hellfire. صورة every single picture that he makes it will be made. It will be brought to life, and it will be. He will be used. It will become a soul, yeah, and it will be, it will be, Any picture that he made, it will be used to punish him. And this is something that should strike fear into the believer. Even, yani to be just to be safe is is best to be safe, right? And he narrated what. Uh, عَن, Ibn Abbas And he narrates from the Prophet also, and he said, "من صور في الدنيا كل فأن ينفخ فيها الروح وليس بنافق." Whoever creates a picture in this dunya, then he will be commanded to blow the soul into that picture that he's created, بنافق, and he will never be able to do so, and this is a punishment for him. In the hadith, the previous one, النار, all of the people who make pictures there in the hellfire shows that it's a major sin as well. Abu al Hayyaj, he said, from Muslim narrated in his Sahih, from Abu al-Hayyaj. He said, Ali radiallahu anhu, Ibn Abi Talib, he said to me, ألا أبعثك على ما بعثني عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. Should I send you to do what the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم sent me to do? قَالَ أَلَّا تَدَعَ سُورَةً إِلَّا تَمَسْتَهَا That you do not leave a surah, a picture, إِلَّا طمستها that Except that you have destroyed it. And what does it mean by tams? To remove the head. To remove the head. So any picture, the way to remove it is to remove the head. Whether it be by scrubbing it out, or whether it be by removing the head through a, from a statue. And you do not leave a grave that is yani built up except that you make it flat on the earth. The graves they shouldn't be it should be built up. Rather, they should be flat on the earth. From here, we understand that these pictures are haram. Last mas'ala that we need to take, that we need to understand from this, from this uh, issue of pictures, is that the pictures that are allowed, uh, that, that are... Even, We say that even if you believe that pictures are, 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 haram, are halal or are allowed Photographic pictures yani, Then even those become haram If the thing that you're looking at is haram If the thing that the picture contains is haram Then it's haram So is it allowed for a woman to say now She takes a picture And she puts it up on, the, on, 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 a, on a social media And she says that pictures are allowed I take that opinion And she takes a picture of herself or Of her face Is she allowed to do that? No she's not allowed to do that It's haram in that case Not just because of the picture But because of the fact that she's Showing herself, so therefore we say it's not allowed in that situation. So what's allowed is the things that are allowed. Things that are allowed. Someone takes a picture. If 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 they take that opinion, if they take that opinion, and, wa wallahu alam. في مسائل الأولى تغريض الشديد في المصورين. Oh, also, uh, and the last thing that no, know, we'll come to it. Number one, the first masala is how severe the, the punishment or the, the, threat has been against the mawsoo'irin, those people who make pictures. What's the reason for that? So the first reason why pictures were made, haram, write this down, was that it is bad manners with Allah. Because it is, like Allah said, who is worse than the one who goes and he tries to create like my creation. So it is bad manners with Allah. And the second reason is so it's competing bad manners with Allah by competing with Allah. And the second reason is that it leads to shirk. That it leads to shirk. So الثالثة التنبيه على قدرته وعجزهم الله سبحانه وتعالى how much power Allah has فليخلقوا ذرة if you can create then try to create even a an ant أو شعيرة or uh, يعني a piece of wheat الرابعة تصليحه بأنهم أشد الناس عذابا that these people they will be the worst of those who are punished on the day of judgment الخامس أن الله يخلق بعدد كل صورة نفسا يعذب بها في جهنم that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create a soul For every picture that a person made That will punish him on the day of judgment in the Hellfire. <laughs> that you will be told to try to blow a soul into that creation that you created If now there is a picture Then they must be destroyed And destroyed is by uh, By removing the head The next chapter is 62 We'll take it next lesson inshallah We'll finish the book Hopefully, next lesson, بإذن الله تعالى. بارك الله فيكم. We'll take questions now. Wallahu أعلم. wa Sallallahu نبينا محمد wa آله Muhammad wa wa